Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 168 of the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thanks for joining me for another episode. And this one's good. It is pretty Canada-specific, just spoiler alert. Uh, But still, even if you don't live in Canada, it's actually pretty uh, awesome and informative. So we are diving deep in this episode all about the Canada Pension Plan, CPP, as uh, people like to call it on the street. And for this episode, I will be chatting with May Maven. She's the Director of Global Corporate Communications at the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board. And uh, basically, I wrote up as many questions as I could think of that people would have about the Canada Pension Plan so I could ask her. And I asked her all of them, and she answered all of them. So if you've ever had any questions, if you've always, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we all pay CPB, okay? But most of us have no idea what the heck that even means or where that money goes, how it's invested, if it's safe. Are we, is there actually going to be CPP? Is there actually going to be enough money left for us, um, you know, especially younger generations for the, you know, during uh, the period that we wish to retire? So these are some of the questions that you can expect to be answered in this episode. You're going to love it. But before I get to that interview, here's just a few few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is supported by Vanguard Investments Canada. Unless you've been living under a rock, then you've probably already heard of Vanguard. Vanguard is one of the world's largest investment management companies and is one of Canada's leading providers of affordable index ETFs and actively managed mutual funds. Not only that, you've heard me talk a lot about index funds on the podcast, right? Yeah, well, Vanguard launched the first ever index fund in 1976, changing the investment landscape forever. Vanguard is on a mission to keep costs low. Lower fees on mutual funds and ETFs means more money in your pocket as an investor. There's even a thing called the Vanguard effect, which is when Vanguard sets up shop in a new country like Canada, and they help drive down costs in the investment industry because no one can compete with their low fees. Since they opened their doors in Canada in 2011, the industry's average MER on ETFs went from 0.44% to 0.37%. That may not sound like a lot, but it actually equates to saving Canadian investors tens of millions of dollars per year in fees. I'm also a proud Vanguard investor myself, holding a number of their low-cost ETFs in my own investment portfolio. To learn what funds I hold and more about Vanguard Investments Canada, check out my blog post all about them at jessicamorehouse.com slash Vanguard. Or head on over to vanguardcanada.ca for info on their funds, how to start investing, and how you could save thousands of dollars on fees by choosing low-fee funds for your investment portfolio. Once again, visit vanguardcanada.ca. Thank you, May, for joining me on the Mo Money Podcast. I'm super excited to chat with you. Well, thanks so much, Jessica, for having me on. I'm really looking forward to it. You are so welcome. So uh, before kick, uh, we kick things off, sure. uh, May, what is your background? What is your role? So I am uh, the Director of Global Corporate Communications here at CPPIB. Um, my background is a bit mixed in that I live in London, the, in the UK right now, but I'm mm-hmm. Canadian. And so, um, you know, working for CPPIB in 
Canada for the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board in London is really interesting because I'm able to kind of tap on my Canadian roots and uh, work on a, on a company that does a lot of work internationally. So it's great. Mm. Oh, that's really cool. Um, do you want to explain a little bit more about what CPPIB is? <laughs> sure, absolutely. We get that question a lot. Um, so CPPIB is the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board. Um, mm. What we do is, you know, everybody in Canada, anyone who works in Canada has money taken off of their paychecks every two weeks. And that money goes towards their kind of CPP, their Canada Pension Plan. So for, for them when they retire, they can kind of collect that. What CPPIB does is we take that money that's not being used to pay existing pensions and benefits and we invest it. Mm. And so what we try to do is make sure that the fund will actually be there for people when they retire. So, you know, obviously right now a lot of people are receiving it, but um, because of some of the work that we do when we invest it globally, we're able to say, and, and there's a, a person mm-hmm. called the Chief Actuary of Canada who who does all his calculations every three years and comes back, and he just came back a few years ago saying, you know, the fund is sustainable for at least until 2090, so for 75 years. So, mm-hmm. you know, our kids, our kids' kids, their kids' kids can rely on the CPP to be there, and that's part of the work that we do because we, we invest it, right? And so mm-hmm. it's able to grow um, and kind of provide returns for, for the long run. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, one of the questions I had noted down because me as a millennial, and, and this is, I feel like been something in my mind since my twenties. I, I don't know yeah. where I got this information or, or where I got these thoughts, maybe from my own parents or just in the news, just the idea that by the time I retire, uh, CPP will like the funds will have been completely drained. There won't be enough yeah. left. Um, but you're saying that that will not be the case. Like, is there a guarantee or it's just like, well, mathematically it should not happen. Well, the it's the chief actuary of Canada. He's an independent uh, kind of, he's independent from us. Mm. He's, he's part of the government. He's independent, but he assesses it every three years. And he says, it's going to be there for you when you're 75. So yes, it, for 75 years. So yes, it will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting thing, actually, because when I started working for CPPIB, I've, I've not lived in Canada now for uh, almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, when I kind of got approached for this job, and I, I, I had the same kind of reaction thinking, mm-hmm. I thought that wasn't going to be there anymore. And, you know, you come here and you think, oh, it's so, it's on such sound footing because the fund itself is at 350 billion Canadian dollars. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of money in there to help pay for benefits and we'll just continue to make, you know, what, what our job is, is to kind of continue to grow that so that we can continue to say to people, Hey, you know what, it's going to be there for you, for your grandkids, for your great grandkids. It's, and I think, you know, part of the, uh, the kind of misconception about Mm -hmm. why this is the case. I think back in the um, kind of mid nineties, there was a real crisis with a pension fund. They didn't think it was going to, it was going to survive. And back then, the governments got together and said, you know, we have to do something or else it's not, it's not going to be there for people anymore. And so they, um, they kind of changed the contribution rate. So how much gets taken off your paycheck and they changed how much you get. But then they also created a CPPIB, Mm -hmm. so that we could take that money and make it grow. Mm -hmm. So, and now, you know, almost 20 years later, it's, it's, it's actually kind of like the envy of other pension funds around the world. We have oh. lots of people coming to us asking, how did you guys do it? What's this Canadian model all about? So it's mm-hmm. a great Canadian success story that I don't think many Canadians know about. 
Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to kind of talk a little bit more about that. What, because um, you kind of mentioned there was a crisis kind of in the 90s. It wasn't possibly mm-hmm. going to survive. What what kind of changes happened? I mean, besides, I guess, creating CPPIB to kind of be this independent um, investment organization, like w- what happened to kind of, you know, resurrect it so it did kind of have this now long life? Sure. I think there was a couple of things. So one is, again, art, the creation of, of CPPIB. The other thing is, you know, and it was pretty unprecedented back in the day they I think back then it was uh he was the finance minister it was Paul Martin kind of Mm -hmm. got all the different provinces together and said listen we are approaching a real crisis we need to come to an agreement to say we have to do something about the pension fund or else it won't be there for you and so what they did is you know the amount that was being contributed they Mm -hmm. increased that back then so um so both the employer and the employee portion because both you know as an as a person kind of mm-hmm. earning money, you have to put in, your employer has to put in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we, they increased that and they said, okay, you guys are going to have to pay a bit more, mm-hmm. but this will help put it on sounder footing. And then they decreased some of the benefits. So when you retire compared to what people were getting before the nineties, it's a little bit lower, but mm-hmm. it's still there. And so right now um, it's intended to replace about 25% of your kind of income. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. up to a certain maximum. Um, and actually, they've, they've just done some other reforms this past, a couple of years ago, and it's going to start, in effect, in 2019, where your benef- where they're increasing contribution rates again. Mm-hmm. But the purpose for that is because the Canadian government kind of realized, you know, Canadians aren't really saving enough. <laughs> um, <It's> true. <laughs> um, and, and they thought, you know what, the pension fund is here, and it's actually going to be a sound base for everybody. Why don't we increase that a little bit? Mm-hmm. So, um, with these changes coming in in 2019 and they'll be phased over a few years, the ultimate end goal of that is that, um, you know, people who are contributing to that eventually when they retire, they'll have a third of their income Mm -hmm. again to a certain limit um, will come from CPP. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I I was reading an article earlier about um, how, so, and this is kind of news to me because I have not done enough research about CPP um, just because I think I'm like, oh, that's years away that I'll have to actually, (laughs) you know, uh, take advantage of it. But that CPP has not always been around. It was something that was um, kind of launched back in the sixties, I believe. And do do you know some of the history about that or, or why it, you know, it didn't exist and why did they decide to, to start it? I think part of it, and I don't have all, mm. all the historical detail, mm. but I think part of it is, you know, it was after the, you know, still kind of after the Second mm. World War and trying to find a way to make sure that we were helping everyone who was coming back from war and Canada was recovering from the Second World War of you know, how can we help people when they eventually retire. So mm-hmm. I think that was that was the whole notion around it. Um, and then it just became a fabric of, of life in Canada, I think. And mm-hmm. so it was just something that continues. And luckily, it will be around for a long, long time. And yeah. um, I think you make a really good point about people not knowing about it and being like, mm-hmm. oh, well, why, why should I care? Like, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, especially for kind of a younger audience, they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. not thinking about it till, till much later. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the reasons we kind of want to talk about it and why I'm kind of talking to you about it is mm-hmm. because... One thing that we found is if people are looking at their retirement and they think, oh my goodness, I need to save so much and mm-hmm. I have nothing, yeah. they're less likely to do something, right? Because they're just like, it's too big. I don't want to think about it. Yep. But if we tell people, listen, no, actually there's a base. You've got a base. Yeah. 
so you have something to start from. So don't freak out. Like there's mm-hmm. something there. Um, then hopefully that'll kind of help them think, okay, I've got something. How can I make myself more comfortable in retirement? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, one question I have is, so we all um, pay into CPP. And like you mentioned, if yeah. you work for a company, you pay a percent, your employer pay, plays a, pays a percent. Uh, if you're self-employed, you pay the whole shebang. So that kind of sucks, but it is, what it, is. <laughs> it is what it is. I have to save up every month, every paycheck. I take a little bit of a, uh, something off that for myself. So I know I have enough. Um, but is basically, is there, um, you kind of talked a little bit about uh, there's certain uh, kind of limits on how much you can take out when you are retired. Uh, what are some of those limits and does it have to do with your income? How much can you get? Yeah. Or does it have to do with how much you've contributed over the years? Yeah, it has to do so much with how much you contributed over the years. And, I, and all those details are kind of managed by the Canada Pension Plan versus mm. us who who are the kind of investment arm. Mm-hmm. But it it is a certain limit because, you know, some people would probably know if, if you're paying into CPP through your kind of employ, like if you're employed mm-hmm. and you pay through a certain um, through your payroll, CPP contributions drop off after a certain amount of kind of right. Um, earnings. And so basically it's what you get is kind of what you put in up to that limit and then the, um, and then how long you've been contributing. So it's kind of like you get, you get out what you kind of put in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was also reading too, and this is something I never really thought about, but so you are, um, what age you're supposed to take it out at 65, right? That's kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, but you are able to take it out early at 60, but there's some kind of penalties. So it's usually kind of discouraged to do that. And you also have the option of delaying it until 70. Yeah, I believe those are all this, the kind of that, I think you've got mm-hmm. those details, right? Again, it's mm-hmm. probably best to check like the, um, Service Canada website mm-hmm. or CPP because they have all the details on there and on kind of taking out early and what that mm-hmm. means for how much you're going to get or what happens if you kind of decide to defer it till you're 70. Um, they have all the, mm-hmm. all the details on, on their site there. Absolutely. Um, I'm kind of curious, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but, um, you know, you talked about how CPIB is, you know, the investment organization that takes yeah. care of uh, investing all of this money. What exactly are they invested in? Uh, we're invested in so many things. One, <laughs> of the, one of the key things, I think one of the key pillars of our success is being really diversified. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure your listeners would know that. And I'm sure you've mm-hmm. talked a lot about that in mm-hmm. terms of, uh, you know, your own portfolio and how important it is to diversify. And we kind of take the same approach. Um, we diversify on a much bigger scale, of course, yeah. being such a big fund. Um, but, you know, so many different things. Like for instance, what we were, and we're not invested in it now, but uh, many, many years ago, we were one of the first kind of big investors in Skype. So we, oh. we, were, we participated in that. Um, we uh, are invested in this company called Entertainment One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a big company. Exactly. Well, Peppa Pig, who if yeah. for, for those yeah. of, of your listeners who have kids or they do the Hunger Games as well. Mm-hmm. And so some interesting kind of investments, but we also do kind of very, very steady, stable things like real estate, like office mm-hmm. buildings all around Canada. We own kind of student housing mm-hmm. in, um, in the UK and in the US. We have um, a lot of we've just made a number of investments in kind of the renewable space recently. So windmills, uh, wind farms in Brazil, in India, and some here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so you name it, <laughs> we're yeah. probably invested in it. And actually, that's one thing. You know, as as a Canadian, you're thinking, oh, this is something. My money, my money yeah. is working in this. Um, 
and again, we, we do it all around the world because you want to make sure, again, the portfolio is diversified. But when we make these investments, it's about how much of a long-term return can we get so mm-hmm. that, again, we're always thinking far, far out because um, that's, when, that's what we have to think about when we're paying out pensions, when we have to make sure that the pension money is there. Mm-hmm. In general, like, would you know, like, kind of a typical percentage that the fund gets every year? Like, yeah, well, last year, so we actually just re- mm-hmm. um, put out our results at the end of mm. in the middle of May. So our fiscal year ends kind of the 31st of, of March. And this past year, we returned 11.6%. Mm, oh, great. For, so that's the one year return. But I think another important element is our, um, you know, we also kind of report on a ten, five and 10 year basis. Yeah. And in that, in that space, we kind of have returned. So on a 10 year basis, mm-hmm. we returned 8%. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And f- on a five year basis, it was 12.1%. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So, and that's net of all our expenses uh, and, and everything. So, you know, and the thing is, we've we've had really solid returns over the past uh, I don't know five five years or so. Mm-hmm. But what we try to tell people, and as you you would know this really well, is that you, we're not always gonna we're all we're not always gonna have these double digit returns. Yeah. It's, you know, it's eventually gonna gonna drop. But what we want to let people know is that it's okay because we're in this for the long haul, and that's mm-hmm. why we like to kind of focus on the kind of. 12, 10 and 10 and five year returns, because what we, what we tell people is, listen, one year in 10, we, we fully expect that the fund will lose about 12 and a half percent. And we're okay with that. That's kind of by design. Cause if we yeah. know we have to take a certain level of risk yeah. to achieve these, the kind of return that we need to get for, for the fund. Um, but we look at that over a very, very long horizon. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, another good year for us this year and we're, we're really mm-hmm. happy about it the fund went up by almost 40 billion uh, yeah. this past year so wow <laughs> that's amazing who exactly or, or how are these decisions made to choose what to invest in so we have um really really smart investment people <laughs> where yeah. we're able to it's just great like we're yeah. able to attract uh, some really talented people and so um we have investors professional investors who come and work for cppib to say you know people who've worked in real estate who that's their expertise and they come to work for cppib to say okay here's where we think the real estate should be invested so mm-hmm. we have a great group of very kind of smart investors here um who who make those decisions who kind of look at the various opportunities that are out there in the market. And again, it's not just here in Canada. Mm-hmm. We have people on the ground in London, in Hong Kong, in India, and in Australia. Oh. Uh, and in Brazil. In mm-hmm. Brazil. So they're all over the place because we think that, you know, again, it goes back down to diversification, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, Canada's 3% of the GDP globally. So mm-hmm. we can't really put all our, all our yeah. eggs in Canada. We invest about 15% mm-hmm. in Canada, which just means we're still quite overweight um, in Canada, but mm-hmm. we like, we were comfortable with that because obviously it's our home market. We know it. Um, but we have, you know, people all around the world who kind of try to look for these, these investments that we think will deliver in the long run. Absolutely. Is I'm just curious too, is this information made public? Can people, if they want more information, can they see specifically what um, we're invested in? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's on our website, cppib.com. Oh, 
Um, and if you go on there, if you want to find out what, what we're invested in from a public market perspective or from a private investment perspective, you can take a look through, through the site and find out. You can find out who our leadership team is. We've just put out our annual report, uh, which details all that stuff as well as our financials. We try to be as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Partly, I mean, we know, like we, you know, we serve 20 million Canadians. It's a real kind of honor and privilege for everybody here. And so we want people to know, we want to be as transparent as possible to say, hey, if, if you want to look up what your invest, what your money is in, you can go into our site and we just want to be, you know, transparent and accountable to everyone. Absolutely. So I know we've kind of talked about this, but I want to almost reiterate it because yeah. I feel like when I do look about look uh, for information about CPP and stuff, there's a lot of misinformation. People think that it's run by the government, mm-hmm. but again, it is completely independent. The government yep. doesn't ha- like can't go in there and dip their hands in there. Yes, you are absolutely right. We are com- we are independent from government. <laughs> yeah. So there's no way at some point where they can just get in there. No, 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 no. So, and that that was designed, that was built by, in, on purpose when they created CPPIB. And again, it was, uh, they created us, it, we had to get agreement from kind of the uh, t- nine, prov- 10 province, t- we've got 10 stewards. So all the provinces except for Quebec, uh, plus our federal uh, government are all kind of our, our stewards. So they uh, were in a way accountable to them. They, they can't tell us what to do, what to mm. invest in or anything, but you know, we have to be accountable to someone to say, here's how we did, etc. But they cannot touch it. And um, that was definitely built into the app, to the CPPIB Act when they created us, that we are an independent um, investment organization. And our mandate in terms of what we're supposed to do, it's really, really it's super simple. It's, you know, we're, we're designed to maximize returns mm-hmm. without undue risk of loss. And that is, that's our sole purpose. So there's no government kind of interference behind it. So absolutely, we are, we are independent. We have a professional board of directors as well, which is great. So it's composed of business leaders from around Canada and actually a few international uh, business business people mm-hmm. who are on our board, and so that helps us as well in terms of behaving as a real um, kind of private, ind- independent in- investment institution. Awesome. Yeah, that's good to know. Because yeah, I, I just kept on seeing all this information about people fearing that, oh, the government can kind of dip their hands in and, and mess it all up. And I'm like, I don't that that it's not kind of how our country no, runs. No, I don't no it's not because it's, it's, it's not it's not government money, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's your money that mm-hmm. you've put in. It's your employer's money that you've put in. There's not it's not government who's put that in there i think sometimes there's a bit of a of confusion confusion between cpp and like like old age security or gi mm. the gis because OA, oas and gis are, are government um programs whereas cpp you know it's it's kind of administered by the government but the money in there is you know your money and your and the employer's money Absolutely. Um, And you kind of mentioned this at the beginning, too, that uh, although like, you know, the name is Canadian Pension Plan, which, you know, some people may think, oh, great. So I'm totally fine for retirement. I've got this pension plan from my country. Um, It should never be like your only retirement plan. It is basically kind of a bonus or something to kind of supplement. It's yeah, it's a base. It's, you know, it's it's not meant to replace 100% of your income, not at all. It's a base from which you can retire. And again, it's it's mm-hmm. like, you know, right now, it's supposed to be about 25% um, 
up to a certain limit, uh, and then it'll feature, it'll be about 33%. But when you think of when you're applying for retirement, you're going to try to replace as much of, you, as your, of your current income as you can. So it's, I don't think it's going to be, you know, for most people, it won't be enough to retire on. Um, mm. But, you know, it's, it's a base from which to retire, definitely. Mm-hmm, exactly. But it is like that, like you said, it's, uh, I think one of my kind of fears in my 20s was when I kind of started doing more research about retirement and learning like, oh, ma, my gosh, I need like, a, you know, at least a million dollars. How on earth am I ever going to save up that much money? That's crazy. And then learning that, well, there is, you know, the CPP. So you will have something to kind of build upon. It made that kind of number that I'll need a little bit more. Okay, I think I think this is doable. Yeah. Exactly. I think you've got it. You've got it spot on there. It's, you know, it, it'll just help when you're when you're planning for your retirement. You can think, oh, sh- you know, I'm going to need, you know, $15,000 a month or whatever the mm. number is, <laughs> throwing a big number out mm. there. But, you know, I think that then what you can say, well, okay, how much do I need to save to get that? Well, let me let me take into account the CPP. I'm going to get X amount. And again, it it, it depends on how much you've worked and your your income, et cetera, and how much how long you've put in. Um, then you can kind of say, okay, well, actually I need I only need this much and I can plan based on that. So mm-hmm. planning for, for retirement, actually, if if you factor that in, it's a bit more realistic on what you actually will need because you know that you can count on the CVP being there. Well, thank you uh, so much, May, for uh, chatting with me about this. Before I let you go, is there uh, anything you definitely just want to make sure people take away um, from this so they're more educated about this? Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me on, Jessica. It was really, really great to talk to you. I would say the one thing, you know, we'd want people to walk away from if, if when they're listening to your podcast is, you know, the CPP, uh, you know, it will be there for you when you when you retire. We're kind of sustainable for the next 75 years. And the work that we, CPPIB, are doing is is really to try, we're, we're all really work, working really hard for, for everyone to try to make sure that that, that remains sustainable for, for many, many more generations. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, factor the CPP in, in, in when you're planning for your retirement because it, it is, it will be there for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great. Thank you so much, May, for uh, chatting with me. It was uh, very enlightening. And that was episode 168 with May Maven from the uh, CPBIB, the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board. Make sure to check out the website, cppib.com. So it's like two Peters and a Bob, if you get my drift, um, the website. And uh, it has so much more information about the Canada Pension Plan, uh, how they invest, their investment strategy, what they're investing in, the performance, basically just a lot of the things that we talked about, but the evidence. It's like, I, I've been checking out the website. It's very, very interesting. So um, if you've ever been you know, more interested, you want to get some stats, you want to get some hard facts about the Canada Pension Plan, check out the website. It's all there um, for you to check out. But you can also check out the show notes at jessicamorehouse.com slash 168. Um, and uh, yeah, you, I'll also have a lot more information about what we talked about and some uh, interesting um, information that they have on the website on in the show notes. So jessicamorehouse.com slash 168. Um, don't go uh, away. I have a few things to talk to you about. Uh, but before I do, just a few words I want to share to you with you. Uh, about uh, this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is supported by Vanguard Investments Canada. Want to start investing but also want to avoid paying crazy high fees? Or maybe you're already investing but hate that the fees you're paying are eating up a huge chunk of your returns. Then you may want to consider Vanguard's low-fee ETFs or actively managed mutual funds instead. 
Vanguard is one of the world's largest investment management companies and is one of Canada's leading providers of affordable index ETFs and actively managed mutual funds. Curious how they're able to offer funds with some of the lowest fees around? Well, rather than being a publicly traded company or owned by a small group of individuals, Vanguard is owned by its U.S. domiciled funds and ETFs, and those funds in turn are owned by their investors. That means that Vanguard investors don't have to worry about the company being acquired one day and can rest assured that Vanguard's only priority is offering low-fee funds so their investors can build their wealth even sooner. To learn more about Vanguard Investments Canada, check out my blog post all about them at jessicamorehouse.com slash Vanguard. Or head on over to vanguardcanada.ca for info on their funds, how to start investing, and how you could save thousands of dollars on fees by choosing low-fee funds for your investment portfolio. Once again, that's vanguardcanada.ca. Okay, so if you're a longtime listener, then you know that uh, from time to time I do this thing called the listener series where I um, basically record an episode with a listener of the podcast and they share me, they share with me their kind of personal finance journey, their story, um, you know, and we kind of learn how, you know, regular folks like you and me, you know, handle their money, some of their failures, some of their successes, so we can all learn a little bit more about money. Well, uh, number one, there's a, a, a like constant. If you want to be part of my listener series, you just let me know. You just hit me up over email, jessica at jessicamorehouse.com, and we'll set something up. But uh, in case you maybe are a bit shy and maybe you don't want to be on the podcast, totally get that. Um, I would love to feature you on my blog. Maybe maybe it's a, you know, you'd rather write something for my blog than uh, appear on my podcast. It'd be a little bit more anonymous. Um, so if that's something that's interesting to you, um, I am currently accepting kind of some guest posts, um, but specifically from you guys, non, uh, no, nothing salesy, please. No promotion, self-promo. I just want to share some uh, stories um, from people like you that, you know, you want you have a story to share. You have some information, some um um, you know, tips and advice that you'd love people to know, but you don't have your own blog or you, you know, you don't want to set your up, up your own blog. So I, I want to kind of do um, a series highlighting, uh, showcasing um, stories from people like you because you're awesome and uh, people should know your story. So if that's something that tickles your fancy, um, just go to the show notes. There'll be more information uh, there or go to jessicamorehouse.com slash listener guest post listener guest post. And uh, there will be a form uh, where you just have to kind of plug in your details and uh, we'll, we'll get in touch with each other and make this happen because I want to know your story. And uh, I would love to read it. And I know um, my blog readers would also love to read it and then I could share it and it'll be fabulous. So uh, think about it. Think about it. Um, also, just want to make sure y'all are aware I have a free Facebook group you would probably love to be in. If you're not already in there, just go to facebook.com slash groups slash money life balance. Um, quite a few people are already in there, but there's always room for more awesome people like yourself. It's just a non-judgmental safe space where you can talk about money, ask questions as dumb questions because there's no such thing as dumb questions because it just means you just don't have all the facts or all the information to answer your question. Um, and it's just like a great, I, I really like it. Obviously, I started it, but I really just like it's a very warm um 
supportive community. And I, I hope, yeah, hope you join us. I think that'd be nice. Um, 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 that's really it. There's going to be more stuff that I probably share and tell you, announce, because I keep on having new ideas for new projects and exciting things. Um, sometimes I don't have uh, the time uh, to share them on the podcast. So if you want to be in the know at all times, make sure to get on my email list, jessicamorales.com slash subscribe. Um, but I just want to say thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Um, appreciate all the reviews coming in. I would appreciate if you have if you're a new listener especially or if you've been a long time listener and haven't given me an itunes review take two seconds out of your day to give me a little review i'll give you a shout out on a future episode obviously i would prefer nice reviews though i do sometimes uh appreciate a good old nasty review sometimes i like to read those and just to have a good old chuckle and then remember eh, haters gonna hate um but anyways enough of me yapping i've taken up too much of your time. You have too much. You have other things to do, don't you? You're a busy person. So I'm going to let you go. Thanks so much for listening. I'm going to check you back here next Wednesday for a fresh new episode of the Mo Money Podcast. See you then. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.